0: Hi, our sponsor today is Proton Text, a complete SMS texting solution built for the Lightning platform by one of our previous guests, Pat McClellan. Here is reason number four that admins and users love this app. It's seamless. Whether you're blasting to 10,000 leads or responding with a automated text or having a one-to-one conversation with one person, the customer experience should be seamless. The Proton Blaster component lets you blast to thousands and then configure automated responses and forwarding to queues and users for personalized follow up. And all of this is as easy as creating a calendar appointment. It's not magic, it's just good design. Learn more at protontext.com. In this episode, our guest, the Jitendra Char, is telling a real life story. So in order to fulfill the business requirement, how he and his team explore different types of asynchronous methods in a large and a complex Salesforce work. I personally really, really enjoyed this story, and I have definitely learned a lot. I'm sure you will like it too. And we had a one hour conversation. So the contents of fit into two episodes. So this one and the following episodes. With that said, let's now dive into the show, shall we? Hey everybody, this is Xi Xiao. This is yet another episode of Salesforce Way Podcast. Today I'm sitting with a new guest. His name is Jitendra Cha. Am I right?
1: <laughs> that is right. Yeah. Hello, hey, everyone. Jitendra.
0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, hey thanks for inviting me. Sure, and sure. I'm very yeah, very excited to have a talk with you.
0: <laughs> so, Jitendra, just for the minority part of people, um, they don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Oh, yes. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on this podcast. My name is Jitendra Jha. Uh, I am working on Salesforce ecosystem since the days of S Control, almost the beginning of 2008. So it's more than a decade. Uh, I am a Salesforce MVP since 2014. Uh, right now, a senior technical architect in IBM, and uh, I have gathered like around 23 certifications around uh, since last <laughs> decade. And I'm very excited to have a discussion with you on today's topic.
0: Thanks for coming to the show. You're one of the guys who need a lot of effort to maintain the certificates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, certificate, I didn't start my certificate career, like, four years. I, my first certificate was in 2012. Oh, okay. So, oh. yeah, so uh, since 2012, I'm collecting certificate every six months or every quarter, kind of, if just to learn something. Yeah. So, certificate is something that keeps me uh, pushing, to learn i still have few tech, uh, certificates pending Aww. so i'm just targeting you want <laughs> to next nice few months <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's a that's a very good way to learn right of course the trailhead right, totally. is there now totally but certificate agree. gives you uh, a path yeah. that okay uh, or kind, kind of a uh, target that in order to get that this is what you have to understand you have to read you have to practice yeah so yeah for me it's very important
0: yeah as long as you are really learning and you use the certificate to scope to really learn stuff and then practice stuff I think it's always good. Mm. Yeah. All right let's let us start maybe on our main topic so I invited you to talk about asynchronous method. I don't even know how to really name them because in In the Lightning platform, the Salesforce platform, we start to have more and more asynchronous ways to handle our executions, right? And I think it's a topic that you are interested in sharing with people. And you think it's important for Salesforce developers to master this skill. That's what I
1: understand. Yes, it is very important to understand the topic, understand Mm -hmm. when to use what and Mm why. Why part is very important. Okay. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, drive all of you on a journey, okay? And this is all real. All real happened on my project, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's how one thing worked, another didn't work. If that didn't work, how we go on the next steps and so on.
0: Okay, cool. And
1: uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see about that.
0: <laughs> okay, so it's a story <laughs> so, the to- yeah, so
1: the topic would be, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. So the topic would be a whole asynchronous framework, right? How do mm-hmm. you use asynchronous in Salesforce? How many governor limits you have? Why you want to use that? Mm-hmm. Those kind of the discussions.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. How, how should we start?
1: Sure. So here is the problem definition, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in the world of the consultants, architects, and implementation partners, right? It is very, I will say, with me, it happens like 50-50%, 50 50 uh, side that I get the new Salesforce org. If you get the new Salesforce org implementation, your hands are open. You're free to design whatever you want to do, okay? Unfortunately, that's not really case always, every time, for the implementation partners. Sometimes mm-hmm. you inherit org, where a lot of customizations already happen, uh, it's already in the production, people are already using it, there are end user, so really, you don't have that flexibility to go back in time, change the design, or even if you want something to change, there is a huge impact. And mm-hmm. analysis, you have to do that. What What is going to be ripple effect? Good, bad, whatever, right? Sometimes we mm-hmm. have time. Sometimes we don't have time. So the story is I inherited kind of similar org. Uh, and just to give you the magnitude of that org, 25,000 full Salesforce license. Every week, 6.5 million records would be created. It's <laughs> <That's Yeah>. huge. <laughs> yeah. And uh, don't ask me why that is not a multi-org, okay? in my If I could have been an architect in that project, I would go for the multi-org because there are multi, multiple business groups there. There is a commerce cloud part, service cloud part, and then there is a field service lightning part. Mm-hmm. So I was spe- specifically architect for the field service lightning part. Now, what happened is uh, we inherited that project. I went doing health analysis of that org. And the total number of developers in that uh, is it's a huge. It's more than 50 developers, I can say, working oh, in the okay. same org at the same time, deploying everything every Wednesday. When I log into the production org and I did my health analysis, I was surprised that almost every team was writing batch Apex. And schedulers thinking okay. that if they, whatever they are writing in that one single common org, it will schedule at 5 a.m. if they want, it will schedule at 6 a.m. if they want. They did not do the analysis that the Salesforce documentation clearly says, right, that if you submit something to the Salesforce, there is no, no SLA, no guarantee mm-hmm. that those asynchronous processes are going to execute instantly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to my surprise, more than half batch Apex, I will say, was having a batch size of either zero or one.
0: Okay? Oh, okay.
1: So that could have been the good uh, qualification for future method. There is uh, so many ways you can get asynchronous Apex working. Mm-hmm. The reason you want to use asynchronous Apex is you get the fresh governor limit, larger governor limit, Right. More CPU mm-hmm. time, more hip memory, more SQL limit, right? So first
0: of all, you should be asynchronous methods for those, all the batchables. They should not be the synchronous methods, right? That's the first step.
1: Very, very good point, right? How I validated that it should be synchronous versus asynchronous. Mm-hmm. If you should go the Salesforce governor sheet, uh, governor limit sheet, you will, if any process runs more than five seconds or 10 seconds, long running processes, you have a limit that how many, if you let's say have a synchronous process, 10 users are performing some operation on that Apex synchronously, 11th user will start getting an error. We don't have that option, right? Because you're talking about 25,000 users logging in the system, Mm -hmm. right? And all users are the US users, US time zone. It's not international users, right? And that is a different story, right? There are there where many synchronous which we converted to asynchronous, uh, fearing that governor limit. Mm-hmm. But this is how I at least whatever is in the batch, either remove it from batch or decide is that really a batch. And then there is a existing part, and then there is the implementation part. As a new implementation partner, we had to deliver more for the end user. So that was the challenge: balance existing and the new.
0: Okay okay i got it
1: okay so that was my challenge okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, what to do so i thought okay why so in a, now another before going that right the batch apex internally has a lot of sta- uh, stages like first it goes on holding stage then it goes in queued then it goes in prepare so queued means it is waiting for the execution mm-hmm. preparing means uh, the start method on the batch apex already started so there are two three methods in batch apex start execute and finish yes uh, so when the execute methods are being processed that's a processed stage and then either it's a success aborted or completed mm-hmm. my experience with salesforce i mean in the there was a one implementation i did maybe 3 4 year back uh, where we submitted a batch apex and we sometimes we waited three to four hours. There was no performance issue, nothing. But it will just wait on the queue. There's no guarantee that if you, something you put in the queue, it will get executed immediately or maybe in the next 30 minutes. It depends on the resources.
0: Okay. So there's no SLA around that.
1: Yeah. Another thing is only five batch apex can execute at a time. And 100 batch apex can be in a queue called Flex Queue. So, again, okay. you have a limit. Mm-hmm. So, the team of 50 plus developers, that huge magnitude org, everybody's writing batch apex. Nobody was checking, okay, I'm submitting a batch apex. Do I have a hundred limit on my flex queue?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And let's say if there is no limit left in the flex queue, what should I do? I mean, there uh-huh. is a limit of the batch apex, how much you can submit. Yeah. Right. So, that was the big problem, right? Even if, let's say, I hit a flex queue. What should be plan B? Mm -hmm. What should I do? So, yeah, I kind of blanked out. I didn't (laughs) have any solution. (laughs) I started started giving thought and thoughts and thought. Then I thought, okay, let's move as much as possible into the queue, queueable Apex. Mm -hmm. So other than batch Apex we have some more options we have a scheduler which is asynchronous mm. uh, we have platform event we have asynchronous trigger now we have future apex we have queueable mm.
0: okay i understand so you have cu- so many options so i understand the queueable comes after the batch and uh, the future calls right it's like a newer feature
1: Very good point. So initially, I think it was, I don't remember, yeah, Batch was for a long time. When I started Mm -hmm. Salesforce, Batch, Apex uh, was very early. Then came Future. Okay. Now, Future has a sum of limitations. So for an example, there is a limit. You cannot call Future from Future, okay? You don't get a synchronous job ID from Future, okay? Okay. Uh, Those kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. Of course, Salesforce is a great platform because of the idea exchange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, future was the great addition to the platform, but of course, developers and the technical architects, uh, they wanted more. And that's where QABLE came. So QABLE okay. came after Future. And to me, it's a between batch and future. So if I don't want to have a huge processing in the batch of X, I always prefer QABLE because I get the job ID. I can track where my job is.
0: Hi, here's a quick note. Don't forget to check the show notes of this episode where you can find short video teasers, the guest contact information, the important complementary materials, and my own learning points among many other useful information. In addition, I have also started a YouTube channel to share important stuff I learned from my guest. If you are serious about your Salesforce developer journey, you should definitely consider subscribing to this channel. And obviously, the name of this YouTube channel is Salesforce Way. Now, let's get back to the show, shall we? So you mentioned the future method has certain limitations that, like, it cannot change itself anymore. If you fire future methods, then there's no way to get the ID and to see what's the status. And there's the batchable, which is a, to the maybe the day one method, the asynchronous method. And then the curable is the new, new one, which really sits in between, has all the benefits that uh, either one of them has. right?
1: Correct, correct, correct. I think Qable is since last four, or five years. Maybe I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty new baby. Uh, mm-hmm. But now we have platform event and all the stuff. I will talk later that okay. how the platform event everything will play together. But yes, okay. My my choice is always Qable. Whatever that is possible using future, mm-hmm. almost all the scenario Qable worked for me. So I always go for Qable.
0: Okay. I see.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now I have some kind of the queuable. Okay. But think now I have another problem. Okay. So let's play on some numbers. So I have. uh, So how many. Every org has a limit that how many queuable or how many asynchronous apex. It's the overall bucket or umbrella of asynchronous, which includes execute method of batch, which execute future queuable, everything. Now, every org has a limit of 250K asynchronous jobs per 24 hour. That's the current limit why we are recording this podcast. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Okay.
0: Okay. It's a daily limitation, let's say.
1: Yes. That's a 24 hour limitation. Mm -hmm. If I talk about uh, my implementation, I have 250K. Another limit is either 25K, 250K, sorry. 24 hour or number of user license multiply by 200. Okay, that's the whatever is the higher. Okay, so in my org, the asynchronous limit was 25,000 license multiplied by 200, which comes around five millions.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So I have, <laughs> this is a pretty big org, right? It's yes. a pretty big org and I do have a flexibility. That That's what first came in my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't need to worry about the limit, governor limit, mm. that how many asynchronous job can be processed in the 24 hour. Yeah. Okay. That was the good part for me. I had a huge limit there, right? Okay. But there is a slight problem here. <laughs> In a single transaction, you can fire 50 qable okay. okay. That's the governor limit. Okay. Okay. And let's say, for an example, Batch Apex can only fire one qable uh, Okay. Like Trigger, you can fire like 50 qable Okay. Uh, uh, future method can fire only one queuable. That's the governor limit we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then the only candidate which fits for me where I can fire more Qable was a scheduler which can fire 50 Qable. Okay? Oh, okay. Now my problem is my problem is I don't want my developers to write code everywhere. Oh, do I have a limit fire QAble? What if I don't have a limit? Okay. I wanted them to give a framework, okay, which they they don't need to worry about the governor limit. Okay. So what I did is I created a custom object, very simple solution, mm-hmm. okay? And I created a set of Apex class. I asked them, don't use database.execute or the standard Salesforce queueable method. Use this Apex class. What that Apex class will do, we have a limit classes in Salesforce where you on runtime, you can decide how many limits I have left. Mm-hmm. So for an example, if someone wants to fire 100 jobs from the execute method of batch, you cannot do it. Because Salesforce will tell you, hey, you have only limit of one. Where the 99 is coming from? It will throw an error. Mm-hmm. I don't want everywhere try catch. I don't want error handling everywhere in my project. Mm-hmm. So I created a common platform, common framework. In that framework, I'm checking. Do I have a governor limit left of cubable? Yes, go ahead, submit it. If not, save it in the custom object. I will execute it later.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a custom okay. solution, right? It's a central yeah. pattern that allows all the developers to communicate to it. And it's like a buffer there. If it if it has the buffer, then just fire up. If it doesn't, then save it to the database for the future to execute.
1: Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Perfect.
0: That's a smart decision. One thing
1: about... Mm-hmm. Yes, the one thing here, right, is not every piece of functionality can move to the asynchronous. Because there is no guarantee that asynchronous is going to be executed in five seconds, five minutes, or five hours. Mm-hmm. So developers need to make sure that whatever they are submitting is not around race condition. If you are performing two operations at the same time and two operations are dependent on each other, you don't want to use asynchronous.
0: Mm. Because
1: there is no guarantee what will execute when, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So there were some guards and guards and rails around that. I mean uh, in a technical document, I explain them: Hey, when would you want and when you would not want to use framework. Okay. So we solve one problem, where don't worry about the governor limit that I am allowed only one cubable or fifty cubable or thousand cubable. Yeah. Okay. Because at the end it was the database operation, and you can have ten thousand records saved in Salesforce in a single transaction. So in the worst case scenario, you will submitting ten thousand cubable. If you have a limit left. And again, there was another framework, another governor limit. So everything was handled pretty well, like an enterprise project. Mm -hmm. We had all those scenarios covered. Okay? Okay. So storing, identifying limit was all set. The bigger problem I had was how to use this 5 million limit I have. So let's assume that there is no governor limit left. So my job is getting accumulated in a custom object.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And if you see on my blog, I have a minor article, not the full solution, but the solution where you push in the custom object and uh, you use the dynamic apex to get it, deserialize it, fire it. That's the core functionality is on my blog. Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you're okay. talking about this 24 hour governor limit is reaching to the maximum. Or is it different?
1: Not really. Not, no. Not 24 hours. So basically, I handle that single transaction can fire how many queueable. Yes. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So single transaction can fire either one or 50 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That part was taken care. Yes. The What was my concern was, other way around, that my org has a five millions of capacity. Yes. Five million job I can fire. Question is how I should fire. How should I go to that magnitude where if my org is giving me five million, how to use this what money? Be the solution? <laughs> yeah, I have money, right? Yeah. How exactly. How to mm-hmm. use that? Okay. I have a custom object. I have all the record in my custom object, right? How do I read it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So simplest solution will come. Oh, why not to write a scheduler? So one scheduler will run every one hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. It will read the custom object jobs, and if the job is all not fired, already fire it. That's the first solution that will come in anyone's mind. Mm-hmm. So let's let's do that number. Okay. Uh, so let's assume that you have a scheduler which runs every hour, mm-hmm. and each scheduler fires 50 job. Okay. Okay. 50 level. The And you multiply that by 24, the number will come is in one hour, you can only fire 1,200 jobs. (laughs)
0: Mm.
1: You have a limit of 5 million. (laughs) Yeah. But out of 5 million, what you can do is just execute 1,200. Mm. That's nothing. No. That will not scale. No. Okay. Then another challenge came is if we can't fire scheduler every hour. Can we fire a scheduler every minute?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Now in Salesforce, you cannot have a scheduler. The minimum interval you can have is a one hour.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: So if you want to give an effect of firing scheduler every minute, you need to create 60 scheduler job with the running interval one minute, one minute, one minute after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so even if I go with and if you do the calculation in twenty-four hours, I can only fire seventy-two thousand.
0: Mm. Still
1: it doesn't reach. 000. Mm-hmm. Doesn't reach that magnitude. Like I have a money in my box that I how to use that money. <laughs> so now another and again I'm not saying this solution is the right solution because then there is a... see what Salesforce taught me in my decade of experience is becoming a better programmer everywhere there is a governor limit mm-hmm. for me it is a really good thing because it i challenge myself in that box how to utilize this and that is the reason i today's topic is pretty important and i will argue all the listeners to wait till end that how this miracle happened okay okay it happened okay it happened okay
0: all right yeah.
1: <laughs> and i hope you are following me yes i'm doing, following right? you
0: i'm following you i want to spend all those monies <laughs>
1: So here is the challenge, in Salesforce org, you have a limit of only 100 schedulers can be created. Okay, Mm -hmm. you are eating up 60 scheduler with only 72,000 job and you are leaving only 40 scheduler for the whole org, that big org, there is no way this solution will work. Mm -hmm. Forget about the money in the box, 60 scheduler is no solution.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Right. We cannot go in that route. There is no comparison between 72,000 record versus 5 million,
0: right? Yeah.
1: Okay, let's assume that even if we go with this approach, okay, let's assume, let's forget the 72,000 for the moment and let's forget 100 scheduler limit. Mm-hmm. The still bigger problem is, like I said in Salesforce, all you can do is submit a job to the queue of Queueable or batch, right, Mm -hmm. there is no guarantee if you're saying that, okay, my scheduler should run at 12.1 and another scheduler is running at 12.2, there's no guarantee which will run first. Right. What if both runs at the same time and I have a single custom object, what if both job picks up the same job, same 50 record, Mm. wouldn't my logic will execute multiple times?
0: So there's a concurrency issue here, Right.
1: There is no way for multiple job to know that in this customer object, which job should I pick? First 50 record is your, another 50 record is your, another 50 record is your, that is the challenge. Mm-hmm. We will come to the 72,000 part, with how we, we address that. But the bigger challenge is how every job will know that which record I need to process.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, that was really very challenging part of this whole solution, right? You understand, mm-hmm. right? Five job firing at the same time, all five jobs want 50 record. Each job will take top 50 record. Chances are very high. Two or three jobs might pick the same record and you're doing a multiple processing of the same process. You mm-hmm. don't want to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah.
1: So the challenge is how to divide the work. It's Now it's a worker and thread model, right? You're yeah. doing in the weeds now. Right. <laughs> if if I were you,
0: I would either ask for help or I just quit my job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, you are the principal technical architect, my friend. <laughs> you, can, you cannot. It's your responsibility to get it working.
0: <laughs> mm. Okay, I got it. Yeah, right. let's move forward yeah. for this.
1: Perfect. So then what happened is, in my college that days, I remember uh, load balancers, how the load balancer works. It's a very simple concept, okay? You type www.google.com. Your IP address sends a request to which Google server. Mm-hmm. Load How the load balancer decides that, okay, I have, let's assume, 100 server. Which server will my request go? Mm-hmm. Now, the load balancer has a very complex algorithm behind the scene, but there is a one simple algorithm load balancers have. Is they assign the request in a buckets, saying that, okay, for an example, if re- request, they do some mathematics, okay, like divide every request by number four or mod four, whatever the number comes is my bucket,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay. So there is a concept of bucket in uh, load balancer, okay, that, okay, this request should go in bucket one, this request should go on bucket three or five mm-hmm. or something. It's so an so
0: algorithm on. behind.
1: Right. So luckily, I remember my concept from that day, a very simple concept, so in my Apex framework, what I did is I changed my, the, the portion right where I'm submitting a job in my custom object. While submitting my job in the custom object, I have a configuration in my custom metadata saying that my asynchronous framework is going to support how many buckets. I can have a number 10, 20,000, it's all up to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On the basis of that, every job I submit gets a different, different, different bucket. Okay. So, in our example, we have a 60 jobs, 60 scheduler. That means we need a 60 bucket. So, whenever anyone is using that framework, I'm giving the number to all my record. Hey, you got number one, you got number two, you got number three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That means now each bucket know which record is my record.
0: Okay. I see. I'm not sure. Yeah, I understand. So, 60
1: yep. jobs. So scheduler 1 goes to pick up the 50 record, give me 50 record where the bucket number is scheduler 1 bucket. Scheduler 10 goes and say, okay, give me the 50 job where my bucket number is scheduler 10 bucket Mm -hmm. and so on.
0: So the scheduler, each scheduler sits behind the bucket and the bucket gets the task assigned from this proxy. And the proxy has the algorithm to pick up the incoming uh, traffic. Right.
1: Correct. Because I already have a custom object. My custom object already have all the payload and everything. All I needed is one extra field on my custom object saying that this record belongs to job one, job two, job three. So now for me, my challenge was how the job will communicate with each other saying, hey, you don't process this record and you don't process this record. This is my record. Mm -hmm. How do I give the accountability of my scheduler on which job? I'm talking about I'm going to hit five million, but out of that five million, how the jobs will know which job is my job? That's where the bucket comes into the picture. Bucket knows that, okay, um, I am only supposed to process bucket one jobs. Sixty schedulers know that I am going to have a 60 buckets in that custom object. Just do the SQL and get that bucket and top 50 record to process. Okay so that problem was the problem was how do we make sure that jobs are not executing my jobs repetitively yeah that i resolved mm-hmm. by just introducing a simple bucket field okay. we are ready to rock and roll still we are on 72000 with the invalid i will say that's the invalid design mm-hmm. kind of right okay uh, okay so then what happened is uh I try to find multiple ways that how can I submit more than fifty job. Okay. okay. Trust me, mm-hmm. in a single transaction, I still have a limit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. There is no way I can go beyond seventy-two thousand. Out of five million, I can only grab seventy-two thousand money. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That I did research and research and research. Now this is the heart of the solution. Yeah. Okay, where things are gonna scale mm-hmm. is.
0: Hey, the story still continues, so see you in the next episode.